Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Murder Board Podcast. This is a civil trial discussion show for the Murder Board Podcast. I am your host, Walter. And tonight, I am back with Shelton. Hello. Roderick. Hi. And my mom, April. Hello. <laughs> and tonight, we will be discussing Halloween Ends. So if you haven't seen this movie, this is your spoiler warning. And if you have, I hope you enjoy our little show here. Guys, we made it to the end of the trilogy. I actually don't have a lot here. I guess because it is the end of the trilogy, there's not too much to go over. Um, but having just to get everybody's quick thoughts, real quick. Wow, that's redundant. Just to get everybody's quick <laughs> thoughts. This is the end of the franchise. Uh, best way to wrap it up and to put it all in one little, you know, box is just uh, Halloween 2018. We had the whole trauma meme, and then Halloween kills. It was evil <laughs> dies tonight, and now we have oh, Halloween. <laughs> now we have Halloween ends, and I believe this one is just you're just a man. So all all of these themeage type of things will come back. But going around the table here, and I think we'll start with Mom. How do you feel about this mini sequel requel trilogy um, as a whole? Huh. Love it. You know I'm going to say I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Especially this this last one. I'm cool with it. I'm I'm I like what they did. Hey. All right. Uh what about you, Sheldon? I actually fully agree. I think I like the third one the most out of the trilogy. Oh, wow. Followed by the first and then the second because the second one was just it was a lot a lot that I feel like was a bit too crazy and all over the place, whereas the other two were more narrative-based. <clears throat> God, I have Taco Bell in my throat. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and Roderick, how do you feel about this trilogy as a whole? As a whole, the whole entire trilogy? Uh, I feel like I'm kind of in the middle. I enjoy like its thematic essence of just reviving the whole entire franchise, but at the same time, there's some new elements that I'm still trying to sit with, so I'm not totally sold on it. So kind of half and half. Fancy. Yeah, <laughs> I actually, I actually agree with Roderick. I'm kind of in the middle as as the as the uh, as the trilogy as a whole here. It's um, there's a lot of things that I love. There's a lot of things I like, and there's some things that I'm kind of like, yeah. I'm not. I don't hate it. I don't dislike anything. I'm just kind of like. Yeah, but it's, it, you know, I just, nothing <laughs> too much has impressed me, but I still enjoy it. And I spent a lot of time thinking about this. Um, normally I would save this portion for the end of the podcast, but I'm going to bring it up at the top here just because, just because Halloween ends has a lot of stuff we need to talk about. So, um, <laughs> this movie for anyone out there still listening past the spoiler warning um, this is definitely an ending, definitely an end from the way they, uh, dispatch of Michael Myers. And so everyone's, <laughs> everyone's first question is always, well, what's the future looking like? Um, if you ask me personally, I would like to let this franchise rest for a good bit. Maybe give it another 20 to 40 years. I doubt it though. I give it 10 max before we get another movie. But dang, <laughs> what about you guys? How, where do you see the future of this franchise and what will become of Halloween as years go by? Uh, let's go back around. So, mom, I really think I think it's over. I really think it's over. 
You know, and if they do it again, it, it it's, it's going to be a very, very, very long time. I don't see how, though, at this point. I really feel like they're done. Where This is it. I'm trying to, like, find words to <laughs> possibly, maybe. Nope, nope. This seems pretty much like the end. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. Yeah, Sheldon, what about you? Where do you see the future going? I fully agree with April. And Walter seemed like you had no rebuttals at all. So I know that this is, like, actually pretty factual, <laughs> or at least to some extent. But um, I think killing Michael finally, spoiler, ooh, but um, killing Michael finally is kind of that nail in the coffin to say this is where we're stopping at and the only way it's coming back is if it's rebooted with different uh, actresses and actors and stuff different characters i yeah all right what about like, you they might have to create a whole new storyline though at this point yeah another really one. Yeah. yeah another one the third mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like the third string <laughs> what about you roderick yeah i don't think there is a future unless like how y'all were both saying it is a complete reboot but that'll be i think the fourth time they've just started it all up again from the original to h2o to now the trilogy forgot about I can't see another revival happen i think this is it all right yeah i i see this as an ending mostly for laurie strode i think we will see michael again eventually but this seems like it's a definitely an ending i am perfectly fine with this ending for a while just because there are other properties that we haven't seen in a while that are making a comeback um immediately after this because the director david gordon green and his team danny mcbride they're all going to work on the exorcist and there's an exorcist oh. trilogy oh being really? worked on yes so i didn't know about that i'm right. yeah i'm skeptical on it I'm 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 excited. Obviously, I like the the, the Exorcist and the Exorcist Three. Um, I never Soul made it. Three was so good. <laughs> and I, I don't think I like it anymore after watching Dahmer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh yeah, that <laughs> that was a plot point. Yeah, <laughs> that was a thing. Well, like you know, ignoring that do- the the reality of it, Exorcist Three is still a good movie. It, <laughs> But, um, yeah, David Gordon Green does have a new contract with Blumhouse, and he is working on a Exorcist trilogy, much like how he did Halloween, so it will be requalized. Um, the only reason I'm skeptical on it is because I, I don't know if you guys ever watched it or heard of it. I know I've told Shelton a lot of times, but I was a big fan of the, the short-lived te- television series that came out that was basically, you know, it's been out for, like, 10 not even 10 years but like five or six years i think it came out 2015 so yeah a couple of years ago you know not necessarily a spoiler but i don't like spoiling it but i'll say it just for this podcast here the half you watch season one it's so good because halfway through it gets revealed that the season one of the, the exorcist tv show is actually a sequel to the original Exorcist, oh. and I Ooh. love how they tied it right directly in. And it's so good. If you want something like really quick to watch, and something like spooky, and you want to like get the ex- a modern Exorcist vibe, that is definitely the way to go. So that's why I am kind of like ah, a, a new movie trilogy. But they had a perfectly good TV show that no one watched. I had a why. <laughs> I got a question I, about the TV show. Yeah. 
So, like a limited series, like how they do Netflix, uh, you know, eight episodes or 13 episodes, or does it end with the cliffhanger? Just curious. Yeah, no, it was definitely made as a series. It was, they were planning on multiple seasons because season one does wrap up. How do I explain it? Basically, the premise of the show was that you were following these two kind of like uh, exorcist, ex- exorcist, priest, essentially. Oh. You were following them on uh you know from uh, follow uh, what am i saying you were following them case to case kind of like in a supernatural kind of way but it would be a season long right. thing rather than episode okay. by episode um so yeah like i said so season one it is basically a sequel to the exorcist with important characters from that first movie coming back and then season two followed John Cho and he had like this foster home of kids. And it was kind of like it was season two was really cool. It was basically a Russian roulette of who's possessed. And they had to like investigate each child. <laughs> oh, wow. It was so good. And the twist Ooh. in it was really fun. Um, John Cho did really good in it. You know, good old was he? He played Harold, right? Harold, good old Harold flexing his acting muscles. Um, from Hill, <laughs> or he's um, trying, I'm trying to reach all of our audience here. You know, we we do talk to a large uh, range of people. If you, uh, for people who may not know Harold, you may know Harold, but he was also the what the the second milf guy from American Pie. <laughs> <laughs> that John Show. American Pie. I love American Pie. That is a classic. It's so movie. good, but that is just so far off. Like it's such a different thing. I that's the last thing I expected you to say. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. So that yeah, I definitely recommend the TV show. Am I excited for the new trilogy? I am excited to see what David Gordon Green does with it. I am. I if anyone's noticed throughout these podcasts, I never really commented on David Gordon Green's directing skills. It's because I was saving it for this movie. I have things to say on that. Um. But oh, after <laughs> yeah. But before we take our first break here, I do want to say like there are more things coming in the future that will be taking the place of Michael Myers. Uh, I actually saw a TikTok earlier that was kind of like a funeral from Michael Myers. And it was oh, all- <laughs> I, I watched that. That was so funny. Yeah, <laughs> I got to send it to you, uh, Mom, but it was so funny. But basically, um, Friday the 13th is slowly but surely probably going to be the first next horror icon to come back in a recolized way or just in a new movie. Jason Voorhees will finally come and take the top spot again uh he they finally settled out in court earlier this summer on who owns the right and who owns the characters and now they are fast tracking development i think they're searching for a studio to cover it um so honestly uh well no it wouldn't be paramount anymore but um i i do hope they find a good studio and they find a good team of people to get jason back out there he's the easiest yeah yeah, he's the easiest slasher to do it's a it's a guy in a hockey mask with a machete in a camp it's not that complicated. <laughs> you don't need a lot of uh, the lore. Only, the only issue is you don't need a lot of lore. And, you know, I care a lot about narrative, dude. I do. I I could watch a bunch of people get killed on a lot of things. But the story <laughs> really counts for me. Like, if I really wanted to, if I wanted to watch senseless, like, gory bloodshed, I could just play video games. There's plenty of games for that. <laughs> yeah, but you know. Yeah, I agree. It has to have a storyline. That's why I love Saw. Oh my gosh. Which is oh, the whoa. yeah, which is the next <laughs> really? one. It's definitely the next but one. You know what they could do with Michael? The only angle I see that they could go is 
if they took her book and had someone that was like an avid reader of a fan of her book take what's in her book and recreate it for them and they become the new oh you know what i mean okay That's i can act. see them doing that yeah and that could start off a whole nother series of something else just from her book i like that yeah. a lot kind of that misery meets really halloween Ooh. right yes. right Ooh. right right come right. through right write this down write this down write this down email blumhouse right now right right <laughs> we need Emails, that y'all <laughs> but yeah you guys are definitely right i like that idea um yeah i do think friday the 13th will probably be the first one to show up but before even before that, we're definitely getting Saw again. They're working on Saw 10, which is shaping up to be this big old, like, cello, like reunion slash celebration movie. And I can't wait for it, honestly. They finally announced yeah. uh, Tobin Bell is coming back as John. Wonder how they're going to spin that. But, I mean, if you, know yeah. the, <laughs> if you know the Saw franchise, that timeline is all over the place. <laughs> yeah. How in the world are they going to do that unless that wasn't John's body? That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. It wouldn't be the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, and then right up under that, um, we are slowly but surely also getting Freddy Krueger. I think they are also... (laughs) (laughs) I I want Elm Street to come back. Now is definitely the time to bring Elm Street back and at least give it its own, like, secondary... Secondary? Yeah, secondary trilogy. Um, the, The West Craven Estate has had the rights for a while, um, I know that they're. I know that they have been trepidatious on using it because the Elm Street series is so kind of like sacred, in a way that they don't want to like you know mess it up now that Wes Craven is you know has died and moved on. So my guess is that they're waiting to uh to see how the rest of the Scream movies plan out. Uh, Scream Six comes out next March. If that does Ooh. well, we're likely getting. Wow. Yeah, we're likely getting a seventh movie, and if those do really, really well, I can 100% see them bringing uh, Elm Street back, and we'll see the return of Freddy Krueger. I know for a while, Elijah Wood has been trying to get the rights to that, or has been working with the West Craven Estate. I 100% mm. trust Elijah Wood. That guy has gone yeah, from... Yeah, me too. Yeah, he's, he's got some good stuff. Um, I like him. Man, if his directing and his acting is really good, he's really uh, gotten better over the years. Uh, if there's one movie I recommend with Elijah Wood, oh, I recommend the remake of Maniac because he's amazing in that. But there's another movie called Come to Daddy. <laughs> that movie is <laughs> full of twist, and it is it, it sounds weird, but it, the movie is essentially about a guy reconnecting with his long lost father. Only to find out that the his dad is completely crazy and is in a lot of debt with gangsters. <laughs> and it is such yeah, that was a really weird almost. Yes, oh <laughs> uh, yes, oh uh, I I recommend it though because he I think he wrote it and produced it and then starred in it or he may have directed it too. But Elijah Wood I would would one hundred percent trust with Elm Street because I know he has the right amount of sensibilities. Um, but yeah, that's my little news spill. Um, like I said, we're going to go to break here. Last thing I wanted to say, though, um, I think Halloween Ends is a not a good title for this movie. And I feel like that's why a lot of people are mad about it. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about the title. Uh, I, I think it definitely wasn't a good one to use if they wanted to keep 
what the ending is subtle because like Halloween ends. Oh yeah, somebody's gonna die. <laughs> Lori or Michael, somebody's gotta die because that means the other side, whichever side won. At the end of the day. All right. What about you, Mom? How do you feel about the title Halloween Ends? I kind of feel the same way. And when we get to that part of it, that was the only thing that was a downside for me with the entire movie. I personally felt like it was pretty predictable this time. It was good. I enjoyed it. But it seemed like everything that happened, I actually saw it coming already. And I usually don't can't do that in Halloween movies. Hmm. So the title... Yeah, they could have did something else with that. All right. And what about you, Roderick? How do you feel about the title of the movie? I think the uh, name was fitting, Halloween Ends, because, you know, it's direct to the point. Halloween Ends, this is the last movie, the end of Halloween. Bam. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like it, they could have gone a little more um, accurate with what the movie's about. I mean, yeah, it's Halloween ending, but, you know, when you say Halloween Ends, people... And I think they used the marketing to this at their advantages too. But people are expecting, you know, nonstop Lori versus Michael. And not necessarily with the movie we got here until the end. So I did the liberty of coming up with uh, a few more titles. <laughs> that I was I thought just were... about to ask. Yes. Like, so if not ends, what would you have done? It's dope. I, I did spend the the, the all of the uh, the five minutes that I just wrote down random things that I thought were <laughs> would have been better title than halloween end so number one i think in all seriousness i do think the movie probably should have just been called halloween returns for this one i think it would it would clarify the uh the symbolism of michael myers laurie and the new character we have here Corey, as a cycle that they are trying to present throughout the trilogy the cycle of trauma and violence and all that halloween returns would you know it would make a good ending and also a good omen but then, yeah, I'd get into more jokey titles because my second one is Halloween again because it's. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's Halloween again, guys. Um, my next one after that was Halloween stops. <laughs> <laughs> okay, synonymous with end, but cool. Right, right. Yeah, just in case people, you know, Halloween really wanted it. Yeah, we use yeah. <laughs> you know synonyms. Um, my next title <laughs> is. Halloween, the last stand, and always. I feel like Ooh. every that third movie. Been, I think that would have been good because then it's like the last stand. That can mean you lose or win. Who's gonna win? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We do know that it's got to end somehow. Yeah. And, yeah. and then uh, my next title here is just Happy Halloween. I don't know how they haven't done this yet, but that would have been, I think, a, a good send off. Made it a little bit confusing, but Happy Halloween. Mm-hmm. All right, so my next title, my next title here, Halloween: The Curse of Corey Cunningham. Oh God, I, like I actually do like that. Yeah, you know, the alliteration. Bring yeah. bring back in some of the more uh, '80s uh, fans in there. Yeah. All right. I think what would be better is the Curse of Michael Myers. Well, that's Halloween five. Yeah. Damn. No, six, six. I think, I think it's the fourth one. No, it's Halloween six. <laughs> it's Halloween six, the one with Paul Rudd. Oh, oh yeah, so I'm not creative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just I I'm telling you, I get very jokey because my next title is Halloween Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Bye. <laughs> oh. No way. <laughs> the one after that I have is uh, Halloween Homecoming. 
It worked for Marvel. I don't hate that. That's uh, actually really good. If it took, if it still took place at high school, I think it it could have worked, or even a college. Like if we just followed Allison to like you know Haddonfield University. Really, that would have been a great title for the second one because that whole thing is like you know oh, Michael's yeah. going home. Michael's going home. Oh, that, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Oh yeah. Blumhouse should have hit you up, Walter. They, they really, got them all. You know, mar- <laughs> marketing team emailed the podcast. I don't have an email for. I mean, all I right. do have an email, but I, I can make one, and then y'all can get back to me. All right. <laughs> yeah, Twitter. <laughs> yeah, Twitter. We got Twitter. Um, last two. Uh, last two here. I was really just making up stuff at this point, but Halloween license to kill. Going back to the whole Corey Cunningham mm. part of it, but I stole that from James Bond. But I did. Oh, I would. Okay love yeah. a i would love a rendition of the halloween theme sung by gladys knight oh my god no <laughs> it, it would be the longest terrible. i would love that so much just, just her just kind of like humming her way through the theme <laughs> all right and then my last title here is just halloween how Lori got her groove back no. And that's the best one. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she gets her groove back. Halloween. Where her groove came back at. <laughs> she looked like by the time this was over with. She got jacked up. Like she had no color. She was completely dried out. Her hair was um she was like done. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, people out there, go ahead and let us know what your favorite title was. <laughs> and uh, we're going to go ahead and take our first break, and then we'll be back with some movie facts on Halloween ends. Allison is not equipped for this relationship, and I will not let her get hurt. So stay away. You started this. You brought me in. You invited me. But you're the one to blame. If I can't have her, no one will. You want to help Allison let her live her life? She has me now. All right, guys, let's get into some movie facts about Halloween Ends. This is the last of a trilogy, and, you know, the last movie of a trilogy tends to not have a lot of information, so bear with me. (laughs) All right, uh, it was released October 14th, 2022. Still very hard to say. Um, directed by mm-hmm. David Gordon Green, written by David Gordon Green, Danny McBride, Paul Brad Logan, and Chris Breener. Based on the characters by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, the film stars Jamie Lee Curtis, Andy Matichik, Rowan Campbell, Will Patton, Kyle Richards, and James Jude Courtney as Michael Myers. And the plot goes as such. Four years after her last encounter with the mass killer Michael Myers, Laurie Strode is living with her granddaughter and trying to finish her memoir. Myers hasn't been seen since, and Laurie finally decides to liberate herself from rage and fear and embrace life. However, when a young man stands accused of murdering a boy that he was babysitting, it ignites a cascade of violence and terror that forces Laurie to confront the evil she can't control. The film's budget was $33 million, and the box office was $84.3 million. And uh, that's about it. Yeah. Me, yeah, okay. 
Yeah, this movie was released on Peacock, but I guess it didn't affect the box office as much as it did with uh, Kills. But even when Kills came out, we were still kind of deep into COVID. Yeah. Alrighty. Um. Ooh, I'll say this before we go to break. I did see this movie in theaters, and then I watched it again on Peacock here. Um, uh, Mom, I know you went to theaters, right? How was your experience? Oh, I loved it. I had to see that in the theaters. I couldn't watch that on the apps, not for the first time. <laughs> Um. Oh, I enjoyed it though. I enjoyed it. It was a nice experience. I was probably the only the only person in the theater. I think. No, there was one other person over there. But I <laughs> oh, enjoyed that's great, it. Though. Yeah, I had a good experience. You, you you could scream as much as you want. You'd be a little bit loud. It ain't nobody there to be upset. Yeah. Brought in my illegal fruit snacks. Everything. It was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I had some fruit snacks in my pocket from the house. <laughs> yes. We yeah, stand. It's cool. All right. <laughs> and uh, Sheldon, I know you watched it on Peacock. Uh, Roderick, did you go to theaters? I had watched it on Peacock. All right. Look at that. Yeah, my theater experience, I it was just me. And I think I was just too sore because I came from the gym beforehand. And then um, I, I was just me and then like a, a couple of people in the theater. Although I did have the nerve to sit right in front of one couple. <laughs> it did not feel bad about it. <laughs> oh, I have a question. Yeah, sure. Oh, since you were in theater and you kind of had um, a little bit of an audience there, could you give us kind of a synopsis of how they reacted towards it? Was their yes. overall you know, reaction the same as yours? Did you fall in line with them? Let me okay, I do know that who the people in the theater I feel like they were Halloween fans because they picked up on the Halloween three stuff quicker than I did. Like um they noticed the the, the font and the text on the in the uh credits. They were you know, they were kinda like calling out things like, Oh, so this movie's kinda like the third one where Michael's not really in it and I'm like, Oh, okay. Because I was my I'm, oh I didn't even think about that yeah it was showing my hand now I was completely wrapped up in the love story of it all I don't know why oh, it was so good <laughs> I was like oh my god they're in oh wait no he's killing people <laughs> why can't they just be happy Michael please no <laughs> but yeah so yeah I would say that um, from what I remember they were definitely Halloween fans I don't know if they enjoyed it because it was largely quiet up until the last part where the actual fight happened and people were kind of like oh yeah but other than that I think you know it was probably a positive experience I'm gonna go out on that limb cool that's for sure well, let's take our last break and then we're gonna get into our discussion of Halloween ends <laughs> See, these, if, if Roger can do it, Gladys Knight can do it. <laughs> I'm not letting this go. She's going to do it. It's been four years since Michael Myers vanished without a trace. Hello. Michael comes back for you, because he is coming. 
But this time, something feels different. He's more dangerous. All right, we're back. Let's talk about Halloween ends. Like we start off every show, our overall thoughts, and then we'll get into our discussion of the movie. Ladies first, mom, go ahead. Give us your overall thoughts on Halloween ends. Overall, I really, I enjoyed it. I actually liked the surprise about Corey. I, you know, I had a chance to talk to some people at work. They didn't particularly care for that. That kind of threw them off for some reason. But I actually enjoyed that little extra spice they threw in there because I was not expecting that at all. Um, But what I can say is when the movie got going, uh, I just felt like I was able to tell what was about to happen every time. When I first laid eyes on Corey, his facial structure reminded me of Michael's mask and his hair Mm -hmm. reminded me of how the color of Michael's hair in the earlier films and i'm just like oh they're gonna make this guy be michael i just knew it i don't know why i just knew it um and there was something else that it was just a lot i just i didn't like the fact that i was able to foretell a lot of stuff but other than that i truly enjoyed it i liked it i really think they're done though uh, <laughs> all right um roderick what about you overall thoughts Overall thoughts, whew, I had went through a lot of thoughts thinking about this movie just from the very first time that I saw it when it came out a few weeks ago. Overall, when I first watched it, I wasn't too much of a fan of it because I had missed Michael Myers, the central character. But then once I like kind of revisited it and just started thinking about all the things, there were some parts that I did like, like, you know, Corey and Allison's just whole dynamic and how it kind of plays off of the very first movie which I can't wait to talk to you guys about that point, but it plays off of a certain thing that happened in the first part of the trilogy. So I thought that their dynamic was really cool, but I think just overall, I got a little bit lost with how it ended up. So I couldn't place it as high as I thought that I would have. All right. And uh, Shelton? Um, with me, you know, I don't, I don't like classic slashers, you know, Friday the 13th style, not really my deal. Because, like, you know when you get into a a, like traditional slasher that all of the story doesn't really matter all that much because everyone's gonna die what i really like about these new halloween movies is a lot of characters can get a lot of screen time and stuff but you don't necessarily know who's gonna die until 
you know, that scene pops up where they do and you're like, oh, no, you're starting to be really stupid right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I really enjoyed about this one. Also, I, I don't know, something about slasher movies that are slow burns. I enjoy them more just because even if it's predictable, because like April said, it is fairly predictable. There's still that like hopeless romantic kind of like optimistic, just want a happy ending side. That's like, no, 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 no. You're not going to make that choice. Please don't. <laughs> and so I'm just in denial the whole way through. And it crushes me when we hit that ending point. But because it makes me feel that way, I know that it was done well because I care about the characters. Mm. Can I ask something really quick, though? Yeah, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Mm -hmm. I it did throw. I never saw Michael as a mentor. Okay, definitely didn't see that coming. I was like, he's a mentor, right? He's mentoring <laughs> right now. Okay, yeah. that takes a lot of thought. So, does he? Can he really think rationally? It kind of defied who he has been over the years. The fact that he was teaching someone that was kind of like. No, that's not Michael though. He doesn't care about that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then the couple, like the, I'm, I appreciate that you you all love the love story. I was actually highly irritated by it. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. There were so and many. That's probably that like the life coach in me. I was like, oh no, they're trauma bonding. Mm -mm, this is not a good relationship. I was like, no, they have to break up. Mm -mm. <laughs> They're trauma bonding. This isn't healthy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so I was totally irritated by their whole relationship. <laughs> well, you're not wrong. <laughs> but they were so cute together. <laughs> they were so cute. Like if they weren't just trauma bonding, it like, like maybe maybe if they actually like sought out psychological help. And, you know, that was like the kind of thing of, you know, we went through this stuff, but we both want to get better, even though we're so messed up. It's like, you know, they could have uplifted each other, but instead it was just like, oh, I have trauma with this thing. I have trauma with a similar thing. Man, this place yeah. sucks to burn it to the ground. And it's like, no, don't burn it to the ground. If anything, right. leave and just go. Man, yeah. I, I, you don't know how like loud I cackled the second time watching this where everything Corey says, Allison just miscommunicates. She misunderstands yeah. everything. <laughs> he says, let's and burn the town to the ground. <laughs> she goes, all right, let's leave. She did oh not God. know that burn it to the ground meant literally until she saw that fire. <laughs> he literally goes, I killed someone. She's like, yeah, I know. It was an accident. But anyway. <laughs> and I didn't I didn't like how he she was influenced to not believe her grandmother again. Like, uh, yeah, you yeah. were in the fight last time. You were in the fight. You saw it. How could you not believe her right about now? Come on, come you on, Allison. Seriously. Yeah, you broke an ankle. Is, was that not enough for you? Yeah. <laughs> Talk about it, y'all. Talk about it. Like first time, shame on her. Second time, you just kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like how she, was, she went back to that Halloween kills attitude towards Lori. Mm -hmm. At the same time, though, we all know how it is when you fall head over heels over somebody. And this it's just like, true. it can be like, you know what? As long as I have them and they love me and they treat me right and we can be okay together, does anything else matter? Burn it to the ground.
I think you mean as long. I believe you mean as long as he has a motorcycle and does that, you know, classic white boy smirk. I'm all good. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it took, really. <laughs> but yeah, Man, that's all it took. Uh, as far as my overall thoughts, I'll start by saying this. Um, when they first like were just talking about, because this out of all three movies, this movie felt like the most secretive one. Uh, everything was a little bit more low key until it was time to promote it. And so when they first released the 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 plot description, which, which I read earlier, I completely misunderstood what they meant by that. Because and obviously they were vague for a reason, but <laughs> I went into this movie thinking I was gonna get you know a like a slasher take on a courtroom drama, like on a psychological thriller. You know, uh, me and Shelton covered this movie about a month back, but I was expecting Primal Fear. I was expecting like or basic instinct (laughs) or maybe even seven. And, you know, based on the plot summary alone, I was like, okay, my hypothesis of this movie is basically going to be what if Laurie could intervene in a similar situation to what happened with Michael in 1963? And by that, I mean, like, you know, what if there's this Corey character? Because I knew about the Corey character and I knew that it was going to be him involved in some murder thing happening with the kid he was babysitting so my thought was you know what if it's just a reverse situation michael killed his sister on halloween you know what if it's you know Corey, quote-unquote kills this kid on halloween but it's all kind of up in the air no one really knows what happened so they're trying to figure it out meanwhile the whole entire movie is going to be this big debate with laurie allison and haddonfield itself being like you know is did Corey mean to kill this kid or was it really an accident? And if so, is he the new shape of evil or was Michael Myers there and he has resurfaced? That's what I thought I was getting. Turn, which I thought would have been really interesting. Instead, <laughs> we didn't get that. I you so you guys are calling it very predictable. I was g- grasping no. at my pearls the entire time. I was like, wait a minute. What's going on? <laughs> that was, I think, the only part of the movie that was very unpredictable. Everything else, if you really thought about it, it fairly like it was fairly predictable. But that part, I was cleaning last night while I was watching on my phone. And I was waiting for something to... um kind of you know the whole process of some cleaning products you know you gotta wait 10 minutes or whatever so i was like fine i'll just watch this for the 10 minutes and chill and so as soon as he kicked that door open hit the kid in the face i was like "Ooh, okay he's probably gonna have a broken nose the parents are gonna be mad and then all you hear is i'm gonna kill you jeremy (laughs) right for the parents and i heard so loud and i did not realize it because i was in shock and pavel comes over he's like is everything okay I'm like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I screamed, did not. Then woke up the the roommates. <laughs> we're, Luckily, they were still awake, but yeah, it definitely did cause a scare. We're gonna Can we talk about that though. Yeah, that being one of the most probably one of the best openers in the Halloween franchise to me. Like I was, mm-hmm. I was gobsmacked. It was really good. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the opening of this movie here. This whole entire opening sequence. Because it is, yeah, like you're saying, it's very, very shocking. Honestly, I, was, I wasn't I was totally brought back to when I first saw Hereditary, but I got the same vibe. If you know Hereditary, in the middle of that movie, a similar thing kind of happens. 
But um, yeah, let's. I kind of more equate uh, equate this whole opening sequence to Scream. It felt like Scream. It felt like kind of H two O ish, but definitely, definitely probably the best opening to a, a, a Halloween movie, like Roderick said. But yeah, let's get into it. Uh, let's let's start with Roderick here. What opening sequence? What did you like? What you didn't like? What, give us your thoughts. I liked. I mean, honestly, the shock factor and the actual surprise of what I thought was going to happen like how y'all were saying the film it was predictable in a lot of spots but at the beginning i had assumed that i would be able to figure out you know how it would open i thought that Corey would be coming in as the babysitter and then michael myers would make his return and they would be the first two victims but you can't what well, you can't imagine just the shock that i had when i found out that michael myers is nowhere to be found in this first part but someone does get killed in such a surprising way it was immediately entertaining for me. And I wish that that level of elation carried over for me throughout all of the film. But the opening, it was great. All right. Uh, Mom, how'd you feel about the opening? Man, he just said it all. That was <laughs> everything he just said was my thoughts exactly. I thought Michael was going to make his return. They were going to be the first two kids to die. Or I thought maybe the little boy would get away. And then he would get the parents. I thought they were going to come home. I knew they were going to come home early for some reason. They would mm-hmm. come home early. Michael's going to get them. And then he's just running through the neighborhood and less is going, you know. But I was like, whoa, okay. So when he, and then when Corey kicked that door the first time, maybe it's because I'm a mom. I don't know. I knew what was getting ready to happen. I said, oh, that little kid is going to be standing behind that door. Yeah. But how he fell, that. <laughs> That made me. I, I I made a loud noise in the movie theater. I remember saying, "Oh, <laughs> yeah." When he when his little body snapped, I was like, "Oh, all right, let's go, let's go." Because <laughs> let's be real, Jeremy's a kid and all tragic, but he was a little shit. Yeah, oh my god! Yeah. yeah, he was he a was bad, bad kid. Oh, you think it's gonna be a wholesome night? And then and he's like, like, no, he, I want to watch this movie. What you think this is? And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa where'd that come from? It was like, like, we're the not whole friends. thing was his fault. The whole thing was his fault. Deserved it. Playing around. He, you know, he did it. You know what I mean? It, you can't just lock you, people in you, closets like that. You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. He won yeah. the damn prize. Yeah, that's and what... if he was going to do that, don't stand behind the door. But that's what little kids do. I've seen uh-huh. it so many. T- I've seen that happen so many times in everyday life. Watching kids yeah. play, my own kids play. Someone gets knocked back by a door. <laughs> I knew it was coming, but I just didn't expect his little body to go. <laughs> <laughs> and when you see, see kids. you think he would like got he would have hit the guardrail or something, but no, yeah. he was right over it. Uh-huh. Uh. Yeah, yeah, that you guys you all pretty much summed it up there. It's yeah, this And hold on one moment. Yeah, go I'm ahead. sorry to cut you off. But why in the hell would you have a three-story house with a small child? Right. <laughs> and it's only the three of them. Why was that house so ridiculously big? Man, I love yeah. the evolution of Haddonfield or the de-escalation or the de-evolution of Haddonfield throughout these movies. Because, like, in the first Halloween, Haddonfield, you feel like it's kind of like a small suburban subsection. Like, it feels right. very in the middle of nowhere. But you yeah. know, like, just a few miles out, it's Illinois, so Chicago's not too far. That's how it felt. 
you know, they're, they're small town people that, you know, take about a, you know, 30 minute drive into the city. And then mm-hmm. you get to the Halloween 2018, they kind of largely keep that, but it's definitely more populated, definitely more modernized. Then you get to Halloween Kills, and it feels, you know, to me, living in Nashville, it feels kind of yeah. like downtown Nashville, because they're all over the place. Yeah. They, and, and everything just seems to be, like, walking distance. They walk from, like, the, the park to the hospital with this mob mentality thing going on. The Myers house is just around the corner that's still up for some reason. And, you know, everything feels very walking distance and then you get to this movie and it feels very spaced out like you know mm-hmm. this beginning here feels like the rich neighborhood like these are you know during halloween kills this was that you know those gated communities where they were like oh what's going on over there <laughs> as they right. you know lock their garage gates like this feels like the rich part of the town here and I just, yeah, you guys are right. This house is way too big. When I first saw those stairs, I immediately thought, well, one, the stairs was like an eye. And I like, you know, how eyes look mm-hmm. in film. And so I immediately kind of caught on to the whole motif because they basically go through everyone's eyeball in this movie. You get up close up shots of everyone. And I first saw the stairs. And I'm like, all right, so there, there's going to be some kind of like eye motif. And then the second thing I thought of was like, oh, wait a minute. Those stairs are too high. And I started getting flashbacks to Spider-Man 2 or The Amazing Spider-Man 2 where we all know Gwen Stacy takes her traumatic fall. And so I was like, well, that kid's gone. (laughs) He's out of here. Because I knew about the whole (laughs) Corey Cunningham thing going on there. But uh, yeah, this I love the way this entire opening is like filmed and like directed because it's it does start off kind of chill and I don't know if you guys noticed or saw, uh, but they are sitting down watching the thing, John Carpenter's the yes. thing, yes. Much like how in the first movie, Lindsay, Tommy, and Lori were watching the thing from another world in John yeah. Carpenter's Halloween, so I love the connectiveness there, um, and. So he goes to grab, I love, I also love this, this little character things, but he goes to grab a beer, but then puts the beer back and he gets a chocolate milk. And so, yeah. you, you know, film history time, uh, you know, film class, Shelton, you know what it means when a main character drinks milk. Milk means they're freaking insane, dude. They're insane as hell. And they're about to kill <laughs> one or five or 10, 20 people. Wow. <laughs> Yep, if you ever yeah, if you ever watching a movie and a main character is drinking milk, know that that's a sign that they are mentally disturbed. Um that's cool. for the crazies. Yeah, you get it in a <laughs> Yeah, you get it in Psycho, you get it in a Clockwork Orange, you get it in uh I believe it's one of the Hannibal movies. I want to say it's Hannibal, the one where they're in Italy. No. Yeah, in Italy, but uh you get it you get it a few times. Uh and it kind of pops up here and there. Um, all I want to, was it in Primal Fear? I don't know if we, I don't remember. I got to watch it again. But, um, yeah, milk, but I do like the twist here. Usually it's white milk, but, or regular milk, but here it's chocolate milk and they keep that thing going. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, Which I, I think it's because when you see a character drink like regular, like white milk, it's a dead giveaway, but making it chocolate milk kind of throws in that hint of, this person isn't too far gone gone yet oh it's yeah i you know that's a good take because i was thinking more of like this is still a kid like he they say he's 21 at the beginning of here but i was thinking okay chocolate milk he's kind of still more or less you know in a child mentality on top of that too he got chocolate milk that night he's really stuck in the past 
not only in his own head, but the fact that everyone around him won't like are they're not dropping it. They're not giving him a chance. They believe he's guilty. He's still stuck in the past like that. So he can't help but gravitate towards that because he's still thinking about that night. Mm. Absolutely. So, yeah, let's let's talk about Corey throughout this movie here just to kind of overall it, because I do like the character and I do like the actor. But um, I want to hear from you guys first. So let's just go back around our round table here. Mom, how do you feel about Corey Cunningham as a character throughout the movie? I loved Corey, even when he, you know, started changing. <laughs> I, just, I was so proud of him on the bridge. I wanted him to do more, but I was happy that he finally stood up for himself. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know the the gas station, not the gas station, but the 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 convenience store scene where he hurt his hand on the glass. I feel like they stretched that out a little. I don't know. I feel like they was just kind of filling in space right there. Like I feel like he should have been. He should have had more lines right there. He should have said something. Like I don't know. I didn't understand why he was so frozen like that. Like say something, do something. Like yeah, you know. I thought it was a little cliche that all of a sudden, you know, boom, he's getting bullied and boom, there's Lori. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I just said, you know, I like him though. Yeah. Him, I did, I did like him. I liked his character. I connected with him um, when he was being bullied and he, he finally stood up for himself and all that good stuff. Even when he decided to become the badass, you know, he took on that energy that was imparted into him. I, w- I was loving it. The only thing that I had a trouble with it's just it's not every day you see a grown man get bullied by band kids right <laughs> don't do it man. and so but i was thinking maybe he was afraid because they were kids and so he's already oh. traumatized from dealing Ooh. with one kid that's a good point that is a good froze, point you know like is that why he froze up like that you know what i mean okay that well, makes so much also, sense also um before he went to that halloween party he did, uh, well, after he went to the Halloween party, he does, you know, he has that monologue, I forgot her name, with the, the granddaughter, and he's talking about, like, this is exactly why I don't go out. So he mm-hmm. hides from all of this normally. So, of course, you know, as he's confronted by people about it. He knows that's the hate he's going to get, and he knows he believes that if he fights back, it only amplifies their feelings about him being a psycho, even though they're antagonizing him so hard. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, there's only so much anyone could take. And it's just his, he should not have tried to do that at an overpass. But he did that. <laughs> right. Man. Imagine being bullied, though, and then Michael becomes your mentor. <laughs> <laughs> A series of unfortunate like, events. Fate type stuff. Because, like, I-, I could see why he indulge it, you know, like, living years and years like that. And then... Yeah, this happens. Michael again. No one go on purpose. I agree with April. I love mm-hmm. him, but like it's the kind of the pureness of him that he had towards the beginning. You know, like it's an accident. He he wants everyone to understand that, but he still under but he still gets himself that it happened, and he has to deal with those consequences. So from there, he's just trying to move on and live his life. And, you know, everybody's made mistakes. Everybody's done bad stuff here and there. And a lot of the times when you look back at that, that's all you can hope for. Mm. 
Yeah, so he was I, like being bullied by the little boy, but you know he was a kid. He's like, I can't do nothing with this kid. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, once he got that door open, he wasn't actually going to kill him or anything. He's probably just going to yell at him. Yeah. Or like scare him with a knife or something like that. But he he was too kind hearted to do that. You know, yeah, and that he was scared, and that I feel like he was scared. Maybe he was claustrophobic or something. I don't know, but he was he got scared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On top of the fact that it's like you know the parents get home, it's like, yeah, he pranked you and locked you in the closet, but still you're supposed to be looking after him. How would you allow right. yourself to get locked in the closet like that? Right. Right. And with how those parents are, who knows? Maybe I I couldn't see them reacting too well for him. But it all depends on how mischievous their child is, and if they think they're that they're innocent, do they believe them? You know, what is it? It's just a mm-hmm. horrible situation to be in overall. Yeah. All right. Uh, Roderick, what about you? What's your take on Corey Cunningham throughout the movie here? Yeah, I completely agree with you guys' points. You know, I just, I wish that he was, well, seeing that he is just a sweet character at the beginning, it sucks to see him pretty much devoured by one accident and turned evil and almost have yeah. no type of redemption. It sucks. Yeah, especially I, with something that big of an accident, dude. Yeah, and like <laughs> you're constantly reminded by it all the time. It's tragic. Definitely. And then at home sucks because his mom's so overbearing. Yeah, and like she had, she's like that toxic loving. It's like I want to nurture you, but everything you do that goes against my nurturing nature, I'm going to punish you for in some way. Right. There's even a point where she like kisses him open on the mouth in front of his dad. Like, <laughs> there's no boundary. Him. Yeah, it was rough yeah. for him. Off her rocker. But yeah, I, I like I, when the dad said, "I hope you find love." Yeah, letting him know this is not it. The dad didn't deserve. I'm sure that relationship was rough for him, and it's like I can't say nothing to help you out. <laughs> he, he he was the only like good part that was consistently in his life it seemed uh-huh. that was there and it's like him going down that dark path made him not appreciate it yeah i i definitely agree with you guys i i also really did like Corey cunningham i just like saying his full name one because uh it's also another john carpenter easter egg sheldon i want to know if you picked up on this but Corey cunningham Mm -hmm. the last name is also found in john carpenter's christine the main character name there was arnie cunningham and so yeah oh i didn't catch that that's why you mentioned christine before i started it yeah just i'm gonna say it now this whole entire movie at least the first half of at least the first like two thirds of it is basically a cliff notes remake of christine a lot of there's a lot of stuff lifted from that movie into this and that leads into my like major thesis about this movie it's just that you know, people were wanting a Halloween movie, but instead we basically got a Stephen King movie with John Carpenter characters and a story that's trying to be a bit more elevated and overcorrect a lot more than audiences were expecting. I think I think this movie was kind of a little bit more ambitious than people were wanting, and that's why it's getting the divisive love and hate that it's getting right now. But um, definitely, I I you know I. Cunningham, you get there's a lot of uh Christine in here, there's also a lot of it, 
Um, you go to the mom. She's downright Margaret White from Carrie. She is to a T. If she, all she needed, all she needed was that nightgown, and I swear to God, she would have been a perfect Margaret White. <laughs> You know, and I, there's a lot of that in here, and I, I, I kind of like this angle of it. It did. I, David Gordon Green is definitely. You can tell he is a fan of Stephen King, and he is definitely a fan of John Carpenter's take on Stephen King because they're the, the whole junkyard scene is taken right from uh, Christine. It has the same type of beats going on there. Um, I do wish that instead of a motorcycle, he would have gotten a car. <laughs> I thought, but that may have been too on the nose. <laughs> But also, it just would have explained how Michael was able to get where Corey was in these scenes later on. <laughs> it also wouldn't have been as badass when he hit that villain arc. Because let's be honest, evil person on a motorcycle tends to be the type of aesthetic that happens. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, this Corey, Corey Cunningham, this, this actor has definitely achieved White Boy of the Month usurping <laughs> he he in one failed swoop usurped both jeffrey Dahmer's, evan peters and uh ross lynch so good for him yeah i like this actor a lot actually i know this is kind of like his biggest break here but i've been watching him on hulu for two years because he is the star of the hardy boys um if you know that property there i don't remember what came first nancy drew or the hardy boys but they kind of come as a set package sometimes but the Hardy Boys are kind of the second half of Nancy Drew. They're these brothers that go and solve amateur mysteries, cozy mysteries. This actor, Ronan, Rowan Campbell, plays Frank Hardy, the oldest brother. And he definitely impressed me in this movie as Corey because he's he is playing 100% a different character. And, then, and you know, I'm, I'm saying that it may not be a big deal because, duh, he's an actor. The, every character he's going to play is different. But, like, he is on one end of the acting spectrum when it comes to Frank Hardy and then on a way different other spectrum when it comes to uh, Corey Cunningham. Because, like, on the Hardy Boys, he's my favorite character on the Hardy Boys, actually, mainly because I relate to a lot of him being the older brother. But I liked how they characterized Frank in that show where he's the oldest brother, so you think he has this kind of, like, you know, all-American hero attitude. But it turns out his entire character arc is learning how to be confident and you know he's the more observant uh the more observant one he's kind of reserved he doesn't talk a lot he watches and then he asks questions meanwhile you have the whole juxtaposition with his brother joe who is the you know the typical younger brother but he's got a lot more he's got a larger vocabulary and he's very gung-ho he'll charge in head first meanwhile frank will stand back and will have to eventually rescue his brother out of whatever situation he's got them into but um, one, one I 100% recommend The Hardy Boys. It's kind of a slow burn as well, but it is a mystery show. But if you like Stranger Things and want a more, like, dialed down version of that with more of the uh, 1960s type of sci-fi-ness going on. But, again, I like it a lot because it keeps it grounded. It doesn't go too far into the paranormal like Nancy Drew does. Then I 100% recommend the the Hardy Boys, but yeah, he impressed me a lot throughout this entire movie, especially at the beginning where he is playing more of this meek character, and he's I was like, this is not the not the the Frank Hardy I know. Frank Hardy would you know he's quiet, but he would stand up for himself. He would you know swing a baseball bat. No, Corey literally like falls over every single scene he's in, <laughs> and then smirks when he sees allison and it's like oh wow okay so he really impresses me throughout this entire movie so props to you know our new white boy of the month rowan campbell 
Uh, he's not going to listen to this podcast, but if he does, <laughs> I'm a fan. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm um, getting into more of the other characters here because Corey does take up a large a large part of this film and a lot of people have a problem with that but some people don't i i don't mind it i you know again it is the third chapter of a trilogy so people are wanting the finale they're wanting but i think it's a clever way kind of a postmodern subversive way to you know take your last uh chapter of a trilogy and focus it on a new character and have the older characters react around them which brings us to uh, let's start with Lori. I mean, Corey, Lori. Did anyone put that together? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's let's start with Lori here. How do we feel about Lori in this movie after what we've seen her in 2018 and in Halloween Kills? Uh, Roderick, we'll start with you this time. I think they kind of tuned her down a little bit because her main, you know, conflict, Michael Myers, is seemingly not existing in the film so she doesn't really have anything to like play off of so she's very much uh just kind of going about the things like she's writing she's going to the grocery store she's just kind of living her life healing and while that is great for her character i'm glad that she's not suffering and you know being paranoid or anything having to watch over her back but at the same time she has less stakes and i think that makes her less captivating to watch for me until the very end Okay. Uh, what about you, Sheldon? Honestly, I loved it. And I think it tied really well into the main message of Halloween Kills, which was Michael isn't as fixated on her as she believed, which is the whole reason in the first movie in this trilogy she was preparing so much because she knew he would come back, but she thought she was coming. he was coming for her. And so once she finds out in Halloween Kills, you know, she lost her friends, her daughter, her uh, stepson, you know, she almost lost her granddaughter and Michael isn't even targeting her. It's not necessarily her fight. She doesn't have to destroy her life and drag her entire family into it. Even though she already had, she still has her granddaughter. She can be happy, you know, on top of the fact that Michael, Michael, with all the damage, all the hit points he took, dude basically took a nuke and did not die. So at this point, Lori's like, okay, I'm going to minimize the harm now and back away. (laughs) (laughs) And I respect that. And she was so close, but then Corey, (laughs) and this isn't necessarily all about Lori, but well, it kind of is, but not. Um, I think the reason she was drawn to Corey was, is the same reason she's drawn to Michael because she moves like Michael. You know, he ended up by Michael by just happenstance or chance coincidence whatever same she ended up you know with Corey, had the opportunity to help him and put him on the right path failed at that and then michael took him that was a great parallel all right yeah i dig that it's very dare i say the the uh triggering words of very star wars in a way that's fine we don't have to talk about the sequel just don't bring it up (laughs) (laughs) all right uh mom what about you how'd you feel about Lori this go around you know me i love Lori. i just would have liked to see her i thought she was going to be a little bit more active earlier in the movie um you know she she got really active towards the end of course with the with when Corey came um when she had her conversation with him and then she you know here comes michael but i just thought 
they would have brought her in a little bit sooner. I just, I didn't expect, I just wanted it to be about her <laughs> a little bit sooner than it was. Um, okay, but I, love Lori. I, I love, I mean, I'm happy for Lori. I'm happy it's finally over. I'm shocked that she's even standing as much as she is considering <laughs> everything. You know, like, I would be batshit crazy by now. Like, what? You're still <laughs> fighting? You're still taking these blows in these kitchens? Because they had a pretty rough fight at the end. Like, he yeah. was slinging her like a like a rag doll. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Man. You know, so the little bit of sanity that she still has, it's like, hey, lady, kudos to you. Mm-hmm. You think it would have been knocked out of her. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, I would have liked to see her dig when she realized that she saw that evil in Corey's eyes that was familiar to her. I would have liked to see her dig into that. Like, I wanted her to go to figure out why. You noticed it, but why? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I can agree with that it was last like part a big there. Face in this thing. It was like, it felt like something was missing right there. Which, do you think you guys... No, no, or what? Why do you think that she was so hesitant about that feeling she had in her gut about Corey? She she was familiar. She knew it was Michael. She there was something when she looked in his eyes. She was like, mm mm, mm mm. There's something yeah. in there. She recognized just, that entity. Mm hmm. I was I thinking know. about like, okay, why would she be hesitant to go with her gut on that? And like, I thought about it for a good little minute. Because of how wrong she was about how Michael wanted her, mainly how fixated he was on her. Because if she's wrong about that, then you know what could like could she be wrong about anything else? Especially if it's so closely tethered to Michael Myers. Yeah. Or how could even it even be possible? After all these that's years, true. that's the first time she's ever seen that. She knows there's only one Michael, so how am I seeing something? How am I seeing him in his face? Like, how is this even possible? I don't even think she had the strength to look into it. Like, you know what? I don't even want to know. <laughs> 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 Maybe. That's Allison got to get away from him. It was probably too much. <laughs> get Allison away from him. It don't matter. It's not her yeah, problem. Like, oh, he crazy. Mm -mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I do like that she starts to pick up on like okay something's a little off and it's a little bit too familiar um oh, i would i think the reason she may be hesitant on it is because she knows around this time haddonfield gets a little crazy it gets a little evil not just because of what she's been through but you know we get this whole entire like narrated montage earlier where you know even though michael's been gone there's still bizarre things happening you know there's people who were shot in their car the whole thing with Corey. you see i don't know if you guys caught this but there's the lady that hung herself or may have been hung by someone in the devil yeah. costume that's oscar's mm -hmm. mom from the first movie Ooh. Uh, yeah, same actress. So uh, it's so I I feel like she would be hesitant because she believes she has moved on, and she doesn't want to disrupt that, especially for Allison's sake. I think Laurie is definitely fighting for Allison throughout this movie, at least up until the end, where she realizes, oh, I literally have to fight for myself again. But I, <laughs> that's what I would be my take on it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Allison, Allison's also in this movie. She doesn't really get a lot to do, but she's in this movie. <laughs> um, I actually do like Allison. I think this is probably the actress's best performance, but 
the character is just so happened to be kind of underwritten this time, especially since yeah. you guys said earlier, she misses all of the red flags. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, I talk water on Halloween kills. Like when, when does she get so watered down? No, she was like dumbed down this time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, she was. I mean, I, so like we pick up with her. She's a nurse now. She's trying to get a promotion. I, I, did, I mean, that's a thing. Um, she's trying to get a promotion, and she also dated a cop, which I like. I do like. I don't like the cop ex boyfriend, but I like the what he means because uh, if you remember in Halloween Kills, there was those that flashback scene with the little kids picking on little Lonnie. They called the, they were mm-hmm. the Mulaneys, and here the cop is Doug Mulaney, so a descendant. <sighs> And it kind of, you know, tells you how you no know, bullying is also very generational. The whole time, Melania was messing with them in the diner. And then when he was following them up until he died, when he was crawling into that fucking thing, he was like, he was like, you don't fuck with Doug Mulaney. He's crawling there. I was like, oh, you're not Doug Mulaney. You're dumb fuck Mulaney. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I didn't question why he legit followed this kid and then proceeded to crawl into a sewer. But we're going to get to that point. <laughs> we're we're going to get to Michael here in a sec. But um, yeah, how we feel about Allison is, you know, mom, you kind of given your thoughts that she's not really bright in this one here uh roderick any thoughts on allison yep she definitely misses some flags for sure i think what i really like about her character though outside of the horror aspect i like that she was someone who could potentially be had it gone another way an oasis for Corey Corey cunningham because she was able to you know see the light in him because she experienced a similar darkness yeah Mm -hmm. I did like that aspect. I did like that she connected with Corey and they are kind of the two halves of the same coin type of deal. Right. Even if it was toxic. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Um, it was definitely smarter before. I was like, Allison, girl, what is going on? <laughs> Stand up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who, who do we prefer? Do we prefer Cameron from 18 and Kills or do we prefer Corey? <laughs> who was better? <laughs> Corey. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I liked Cameron, but he did cheat and he was like drunk half through. Uh, he was like drunk half uh, throughout the half uh, kills he was in. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's the point that I wanted to make. I liked how in this trilogy they had made a reference back to Cameron and Allison's original relationship. Because we know in Halloween 2018, they had went to the Halloween party dressed as a, a gender-swapped Bonnie and Clyde, right? And then yeah. in this mm-hmm. film, Halloween ends, she kind of takes on the personification of that role. How by the end of it, she's kind of like willing to be, you know, the bad girl with the bad boy, like Bonnie and Clyde. Mm-hmm. I picked yeah. up on that. I thought that was so cool. Yes. I did not notice that. Nice. She's in her yeah. I Like Bad Boys yeah, I era. Villain era. <laughs> yes. Man. Although I'm not gonna lie, anytime she was on the back of that motorcycle, I was really, <laughs> I was really wanting them to like, like play the song, that that one Kanye song where it. I know the music video with him and uh, Kim Kardashian, and she's like naked, reverse on the motorcycle as he's driving. I was kind of like, I really want them to play that. And then I saw like a meme of them taking <laughs> that same kind of like scene, but they took Allison's face off of it and put Michael's mask on, and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> what if the movie ended with Corey and uh, Michael just running off together? <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde it up. <laughs> yes. 
they're on their uh, on the run tour essentially mm-hmm. all right um on fire in the background <laughs> so let's see here how about we start getting into the kills here because a lot of a lot of this movie is i like this movie a lot just because it does take its time and it is more of a drama um, but we do get into some of the creepier aspects as Corey descends into madness. So let's talk about Michael or <laughs> old man Michael and then get into the kills here. Um, let's start with Shelton here. How do you feel about Michael Myers here? I know that a lot of people, especially like big, big Halloween fans that were that are really in it for like that slasher feel that they usually have. Like, you know, the classic slasher feel they usually have. Um I know they didn't enjoy it, but I enjoyed it just because, like, you know, it's been 40 years since um, between the first Halloween. Wait, no, between Halloween Kills and wait, how? Wait, it was 40 years before the, the Halloween in this trilogy, the first one, right? It was 40 years before the events of 2018. And then yes. okay, Kills so- takes place on the same night as 2018. And then this movie hops four years later. So you think the damage he took before the Halloween 2018 on top of, you know, that 40 year stretch of time, the damage he takes in the first one, which that man gets burnt. And then, of course, you know, he gets jacked up here and there a bunch, too. Then Halloween Kills, that same night he got burnt, he gets shot stabbed blunted this man is jacked up and still kills like half the town and then in <laughs> this one you know it's an even longer how many how, how long is the time jump from kills to this one four years four years so over this whole span you know 40 years he gets damaged horribly four more years on top of that this dude's old this yeah. dude's old yeah I think- and at this point what he's he's in, you would be how in uh in eighteen I think they mentioned in twenty eighteen they mentioned that he is sixty one. Oh, d- what? Wow! <laughs> All this fucking dirt. This man lived longer than Betty White. What do you mean? Hey, you stop that! <laughs> you stop that right now. No, I'm look. I'm sorry. That was bad. But like, look, she's still with us. I wish she could have lived one more day at least. She deserved to be a hundred. But still. At the end of the day, it's like, Betty White couldn't even make it, and this motherfucker went through hell and still made it. Well, that's evil for yeah. you, baby. Evil never dies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people are upset. They feel like Michael Myers has turned into a punk in this one or whatever. But you think about what it is, and at the end of the day, the whole, the whole thing is there was never really an idea of mythical, like anything magical or mythical or... um you know, demonic or anything like that in Halloween besides how people thought about Michael. Hey. It was all representation through thought, which Halloween Kills tells us that all that representation through thought isn't necessarily true. It's just how people perceive him. But it's it's more the perception of him and the fact that people see him as an unstoppable force that makes him more powerful. Because if you see something as an impossible challenge you're you might not handle it how you should 
Right, right. You and know? then there was a collective energy with that. So everybody mm-hmm. had the same belief. So that raises it even more. Yeah. And when other Maybe people have misunderstood him a little bit, then mm-hmm. when an entire environment around someone believes one thing, that person starts to believe that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just, you know, but by the time Halloween ends comes, this man's old as dirt mutilated in so many ways and didn't go to a hospital he's probably infected so bad yeah oh. his hand been sliced open so many times he got what three fingers left two fingers yeah <laughs> not to mention he's been, been living in a sewer for four years lori both of them they have been t- taking some beatings <laughs> only difference is lori went to a hospital and got patched up properly <laughs> yeah exactly halfway because remember she got right back up uh, Buster's yeah. stitches open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But like after all that, it's like, how could you look at this and not think, you know? Well, it makes sense that Michael Myers—he's still killing people. He's still picking motherfuckers up by the throat and then stabbing them and nailing them to walls. So he's still strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even back in the day, he would—he would get tired. You could tell he'd get tired because he'd fight mm-hmm. somebody for a bit, and it's like he'd get knocked down, lay there for a minute. Like, yeah. they, okay, they'll think I'm out or they'll think I'm dead. Let me rest. Or he'd be like, <laughs> you're causing me too much trouble. Fuck you, I'm walking off. I'm going to catch you by surprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So he's a yeah. human at the end of the day. So I don't know. I just I just think that I love the way they handled that because it added that real sense of realism and gave us finally an answer of, is this a man or is this some sort of creature or beast? Because that's what everything has been a tug of war about in the sense of perspective, mm-hmm. the entire like series, really. Like, the, I mean, yeah. he, he had the mind. He had to have some sort of signal of compassion. Like, he mm-hmm. had to, like, how did he know? I just felt like he just knew that Corey needed help. He knew that he needed some strength some empowerment he was being bullied like but it's like how he had compassion on him to want to teach him and to want to impart something into him that would help him it gave him confidence it gave him it empowered him like so for michael and he didn't kill him and he actually tussled and fought with him michael doesn't do that he's not gonna fight you and not kill you right so like, Which, why did he have that much mercy on this kid and he was helping him? Since when? I was just hearing <laughs> part of the conversation and that kind of sparked another idea for an alternate title. Perhaps just a Halloween legacy. You know, in Ooh, the sense that, that would have been good. Ours, yeah, he just wanted to impart kind of his own evil in a mentor type of way to Corey because, like April, you were saying, he could see that, you know, there was something in this kid that maybe he resonated with. And he wanted yeah. to just give him that same, I don't know, that feeling, pass it down, keep the legacy going. It's likewise with Lori, how she was writing a book, yes. her, her legacy, or how Allison still survived. She's, you know, a product of a horrible family tree, you know, moment started by Michael Myers and Lori, but she's still here because the legacy continues. It was just a thought I was having. I was like, that'd have been cool. Halloween yeah, last year. I was just going to say, by the way, I love the fact that Lori this time takes a page out of Sydney's book by writing a book about her trauma <laughs> in the fourth movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also, when you, when um, April, you talked about the sense of compassion that Michael has, it really got me thinking maybe that's why 
every so often when Michael's about to kill someone, he stares into their eyes before finishing mm-hmm. them to see mm-hmm. if they'll embrace his nature or yeah. shy away from it. And if they shy away from it, they're just like the other sheep he kills. You know, another house to trick-or-treat at, more candy. But with Lori, too, just like with Corey, <laughs> nice, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, you know, he always kind of hesitates. He's usually hurting Lori a lot, but not necessarily killing her, partially because she fights back. But at the same time, maybe there's that part of him that thinks, you move like me. You're so much like me. All you have to do is give in, but she won't. Do you, you know, think that impartation, it, it got a little sci-fi for a hot second, which I didn't like, but mm-hmm. do you think that was another trauma bond moment? Go back oh. to when the whichever Halloween it was when they highlighted him as a kid and it started with him. And then with the clown mask and he was cutting up the rats and he beat up the little boy. They were actually bullying him in school and then he retaliated and he actually killed that boy and then he got blamed. Like he was, you know, they all, oh, you got this kid killer, put him in a the whatever, but it was because he was trying to defend himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he just did it in a more psychotic me. manner, but he, had a, he was defending himself. So... Michael has a childlike mind at times. I feel like, did he go back to, did he know he was being bullied? Because in that particular Halloween movie, he was being bullied at school because his mom was a stripper Mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Even with Corey with the scarecrow mask, that still go, it kept taking me back to that particular Halloween. Yeah, I love the scarecrow mask. You know what it feels like to be bullied. Like Michael remembered that when he was a kid and he saw that similarity. It was like another trauma bond situation. And Jeremy was bullying him before he accidentally killed him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Man, that, and that little boy was kind of like the little boy was psychotic, but he had a reason to be. He was crazy. Look at his house. Look at, you know, when when Michael was little, like, yeah, yeah he was going to be like that. But they made him out to be this. He really wasn't. I mean, he was a little off, but they made him like this little monster at school and it was just those boys were so mean to him you know they misunderstood him and turned him into the monster they believed him to be right like like Corey. yeah this is some good content this is (laughs) me honestly i'm I'm kind of like i'll be like well what did i miss but i'll listen back to it when i edit (laughs) so But I got to tell y'all, this was funny. I did laugh out loud in the theater, and I had to look around like, oh, my God, April. <laughs> <laughs> when he was killing the lady. So when Corey was outside the patio doors with the scarecrow oh mask, and he, was trying, he got locked out and couldn't get in. Yes. And all of a sudden, Michael just came through. He was like, no, man, you just got to come right in and do him like, do this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's what you got to do. Yeah, he was like, no, man, you just got to come right in on him and put these bitches on the wall like, damn. I love that it was the sliding it, door it too. So choreographed too. I like he was like, so look, Corey, this is how you do it. You pick up, you walk a bit, boom, there's yeah, the wall. Then you look at <laughs> I laughed so hard. Like, oh, was that like a quick training or what? <laughs> <laughs> real quick oh my god with that being said let's go through the kills real quick and then we're gonna head up gonna head to the end here um yeah so large a large amount of the kills are by Corey. the first one we get is well first one is jeremy but 
I mean, I want a lawyer on that. I mean, they call it aggravated. <laughs> did you say splat? I did. <laughs> the, I, I was going to say, I want a lawyer on that because, like, a real lawyer, because they call it aggravated manslaughter. And Corey did get acquitted from that case, which is why he's out and walking around. But, like, I, I mean, I guess it's manslaughter, but I don't know how it works with a child. And again, that child flew over a rail. Uh, it's not like, mm, I don't know. But, yeah, technically Jeremy's the first kill, but the real one we get is with the, the crazy man outside of the sewer drain when after Corey gets, like, uh, choke-holded by Michael, the, the old man throw, takes the knife and Corey reverses it back on him. Also, another weird kill, because, again, like, I love how after that kill, Corey just throws the knife, you know, making it very easy for police to find him. <laughs> yeah, like, at least throw it into the sewer. Yeah, right. That makes sense. Or keep it. I mean, he wouldn't have to use a corkscrew later on. But, uh... Ooh, but that that was gnarly, though. That was a good kill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right about that. Where was that going? But I think that, that showed his innocence again, because... This is not normally his nature. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have to know know about these kind of things to know how to get rid of murder weapons. And he was already scared. It's dark. Like, that's not his first nature. You know what I'm saying? So I think his innocence peaked out again when he just threw that knife down. Like, mm -mm. Yeah. But yeah. And he had just escaped Michael. Even though he let him go, he still escaped him. Technically. Yeah. So right after that, we... How, we're, I'm trying to remember all the kills here, but um, because I know we got the junkyard stuff. After oh, it's it is the the doctor and the the uh, nurse, yeah, the, the yeah. nurse. Which of course they're banging each other. That's of course. That's how she got the promotion. That's how she got the promotion. <laughs> <laughs> Man, poor Allison. Um, but yeah. So what? Let, let's do. Let's do this. How, what was y'all's favorite? Y'all's. What was your favorite kill or which one did you like the most out of this in this movie here? Well, I got three. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> the little boy that went snap. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the lady on the wall where Mike, he, when he had his training real quick, like, no, nah, man, let me show you how to do it. You got to come right in like, bam. <laughs> that was hilarious to me. The one and done. And, so, and then Corey was looking like, oh, okay, I see. All right. All right. And then, um, what was the oh? Uh, what was the other one? Wait, 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 wait. Okay, the radio guy. <laughs> oh yes. Man, oh yeah, yeah. There was kid. Michael being petty again. Like, why did you do that? You did not have to let the tongue spin on the record. Like, well, that okay, was there you go. Well, that was Corey, that was, wasn't it? No, I, Michael killed the radio guy, right? I assumed Corey it was Corey. Corey with Michael no. back. Yeah. Wasn't that after that, the yeah, I think it was Corey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because Corey stole the mask and then oh. started going on the killing spree before he went for Lori at the end. Yeah, Michael. So when they were on. Okay, so when they were. Okay. The, the, the guy with the afro. Either yep. way. Yeah. How he died and that tongue was going around that right. <laughs> I love how. I love okay, how. Man, they the, being petty again. I love how the next scene was, is just yeah, Allison yeah. pulling up and turning off the radio because it wasn't planned right. <laughs> Man, right, right. As a to spin, is his tongue spin around too. <laughs> that was a great segue. 
His poor yeah. assistant it gets it, or his like um front desk lady, poor her. Just you know, it's very quick, but like you see her in the background getting murdered while he's yeah. talking. It's like, oh, oh. I love, love, love in horror movies or really movies in general when somebody's listening to music, not paying attention, you're like doing their thing, la la la, while someone's just getting murdered in the background. <laughs> yes. Always so funny. Uh, Roderick, do you have a, uh, any favorite kills? Yeah, definitely the nurse for sure, the kid who goes splat, and. <laughs> What's that one girl who's she's in the trio of all the kids who were bullying Corey at the gas station when she gets hit by the car and then pinned oh. underneath the fence and then the killed. Margo, Margo. Yeah. She hopped yeah. that fence though. Not gonna lie, she yeah, hopped that fence. She did. I like the action in that film. And that, Way that, to go for them to put the band kids on the map like they're tough. Yeah, same band kids tough like that. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. the they thing up- I like about it though is you know we have all these stereotypes, especially when it comes to high school, about type of people doing different sorts of things. But if you really look at like the modern generations, those types of bullies and you know the um, geeks and nerds and whatever else. You look at a school now and they're all over in all sorts of different things because people's interests in reality are so widespread and people are more comfortable with embracing it now that it's like, yeah, a bunch of band kids, that could be the one little click in the whole band squad that's a group of assholes. Yeah, right. they, they could be running the whole school. <laughs> right. I was like, when the band kids become tough? <laughs> you had the one girl that had somewhat of a conscious in, in like, if she would have just broke away from that herd mentality, she wouldn't have died. Yes, yeah. but her, I love how like he drew, like so he like again Christine the the headlights come on and the car slowly goes after and slowly picks up speed. And I love how yeah she dropped she like hops the fence and then still gets ran over. But just the fact that he parked on top of her and got out, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's still alive. <laughs> she's still she alive. To be dead. That's what I would have did. Oh my <laughs> god! It was just like dang, Corey. Dead as hell. As soon as he like killed you with the blowtorch, I was like, I would close my eyes and I would stop breathing till he walked away. Man, that, I'm dead. That blowtorch. I'll get saved later, <laughs> or I'll die another way. But last thing I want is for him to do some shit like he did to the other kids. Fuck that. Out of Bro, all I'll of them, bleed out under this gate. At least then I have a chance of surviving. Yeah, out of all of them, I believe the guy with the the drumstick got it the easiest because everyone else got it pretty brutal. Yeah, everybody else had some level of uh, intense pain before. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, so, uh, Roger, was that all of yours? Oh yeah, that was all of mine. Uh, what'd you say, mom? I said I was surprised to see that black lady back when he was talking about. Oh <laughs> yeah, the that the, the store. So Oh, she lived after having the light bulb put through her neck? <laughs> right? How did she not die from blood loss? Well, her name Sandra. Oh, he did. I guess he did leave the... Did he leave the 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 bulb in her? Yeah. No, he pulled it out. He pulled it out. Oh, he did. Oh, and it was bleeding everywhere, yeah. He stabbed it deep into her throat, pulled it out, and then she was laying there watching, Um, I guess, her husband or whoever yeah, she was her- living with. Her husband get stabbed multiple times while Michael's yeah. testing out knives. That part yeah. didn't make me sad though, because she was like, "Look what he did to my sister," and I was like, "Oh wow, 
Okay. That was sad, but at the same time, lady, screw you. It's not her fault, necessarily. Michael's crazy. He's going to run around killing people anyway. He's going home, not going for Lori. Yeah, I did like that that small thing. Like, every other, like, stranger in this movie kept getting the story wrong of what actually happened. Like, you know, she kind of gets the story wrong. She's like, you provoked that man. And then Lori goes and sees Mm -hmm. Corey's mom. And she's like, your boogeyman disappeared. So they needed a new one because you Mm -hmm. would leave him alone. And then Willie the Kid is like, oh, yeah, I know Lori Strode. She's the one that bothered that dude with brain damage. And he would have killed everybody. I'm like, oh, God. It's just amazing how. Yeah, a big theme in this movie is false narratives. Definitely, um, but yeah, back to the band kids. Uh, I think all of those were my favorite deaths, just because one, I did like the group of band kids. They reminded me a lot of the Henry Bowers gang from It, and if you know me, I love Henry Bowers <laughs> and his little gang. They oh, yeah. they were my favorite part of the movies and my favorite part of the book too. <laughs> they are insane and then i like the again it's very stephen king inspired this movie is where we get these we got these weird villains and they're just evil like that's just the only thing they are they're just evil like that there's always one that kind of has a conscience but still pays for it and i liked it yeah the blow the blow torch yeah. death was the one that had my mouth wide open i was like oh that's that's too oh that's a little bit too much Right in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, ah. Um, the blowtorch kill was my favorite because of how that scene was set up, dude. Yeah. You know, girl gets hit. She's under the gate. She's screaming. She's in pain, but she's still alive. Her friend that could have ran away has somewhat of a heart because she was the other one that, that's usually telling um, the main kid, like, hey, chill, chill. So she has some sort of a conscience in her heart. She didn't leave her friend behind. And her friend, the one she didn't leave behind was the most pure. And yeah. so, um, you know, she's sitting there, gets killed by um, Corey with the wrench. And then, you know, the main kid comes and is like, where's, where's she at? Where's she at? Where's Stacy? <laughs> and then she's like, Stacy's dead. He's like, what? Oh, God. <laughs> Blowtorch. Amazing kill. Best. I think the best scene when it comes to any death in the movie, besides Michael's, because that was awesome. But, um, that's the best death in the sense of overall scene in the movie, I think. Definitely. Mm. I wish we, if you watch the trailer, there is, you do see scenes that are missing. One of the scenes that was missing is the, the death of Corey's mom in the movie. They recreate the, the opening of Halloween, but they cut mm-hmm. when she turns around in the trailer. There's much more of a struggle. She's throwing pillows at him and <laughs> Not pillows. yeah, she's so she throws like the pillows. <laughs> so you can look up like the pictures and stuff. So I'm assuming when the DVD comes out, there'll be deleted scenes, but I kind of wish we would have gotten that scene. But uh, other than that, yeah, I do like the kills. But like you said, Sheldon, we get Michael does enter the picture again. So I do. OK, let's do this. How did you guys feel about the suicide fake out leading into the final fight? The whole scene moved so quickly. Like it, it was a gr- it was great pacing. But like as you're watching it for the very first time. And I only watched it once. It's like it all moves so like fluidly and so quick that when the gun goes off, you know, it's like, oh, shit. Wait, what? I thought she wasn't going to do it. I thought she wasn't. And it's like, wait a minute. There's not that's not blood on the wall. That's not red enough to be blood. And then the twist happens. But it's like the whole time I was like kind of tug of war back and forth. Like, no, she's not. At the same time, though. Oh, but 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> when the fake out was starting, I was getting so mad because how they set it up with Lori just taking the blame of all the things that had happened in Haddonfield and just kind of, you know, putting it inside of herself and not really fighting back or saying, this is actually what happened. It, you could see that it was setting her up to kind of fall into this depressive moment. And I had thought for a moment, I was like, is she really about to just end it like this? And I was so mad when the gun went off, but then I was so happy when I found out that it was a fake out. So mm-hmm. it was a surprise. It got me. All right. What about you, mom? Did this fake out get you? It did. It did. I was doing the resolution with her. I was folding the flag for her and everything. I said, said, child, listen, you don't come this far. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. You have done a great job. (laughs) You tried your best, sweetie. Yeah, that's how I was. I was I was doing her resolution with her. And then I said to myself, you know, I was hoping, I was like, man, I thought you and Micah was going to do this. But if you got to do it yourself, honey, go ahead. I understand. This has been a long road for you. <laughs> 40 and minutes. Was, he did. And I was like, okay, my oh, okay. <laughs> it's like it, the fake out happens. And you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, I almost forgot for a second that Lori's a total badass. <laughs> yes, that was the Lori I was excited to see. Yes, which, yeah. which brings me to like my main point because I I don't think I mentioned this earlier when we did talk about Lori, but I do. I think this is my second favorite uh, characterization of Lori throughout all thirteen of these movies that she or the ones that she's in at least. I love. I just love H two O so much, and I love her attitude in that one. So that one is still at the top for me. But this one is definitely second, even compared to the twenty eighteen and uh, kills, and even seventy eight. Because like in this movie, you know, she's kind of she starts it off kind of more or less serious, but uh, at least in her narration, she's serious or her memoir. But she is she's gotten back to that. Like I I wasn't able to live out the rest of my teen years, so. I am now a like, you know, an old, you know, older woman, but I am being a teenager again. I'm much free. I love, love the scenes of her flirting with Frank in the uh, the grocery store. And at the end, I was like, that is, that is the Lori that I like. But much like in H2O, she can flirt, she can joke, she can have these more campier moments or more of these, you know, sullen moments, even when she confronts, uh, when she starts to get suspicious about Corey. But the minute something feels off, snap, she switches it back on. She's back into survival mode. The mo- Like, I love the scene where, like, she realizes, oh, yeah, uh, she as, after she has to talk with uh, Jeremy's dad at the bar where she's with Lindsay, and she's like, okay, so there's definitely, I'm not crazy. Y'all see that there's something wrong with this kid, too. Immediately the next morning, she's sitting there with that chair. Wake up. We got stuff to talk about. <laughs> I got demands. That was such a good scene, yo. It's like she's, he's sleeping. She already broke into the house. You know, she, yes. she sets up how she wants to. She's like, all right, time to wake this fucker up. She gave him one chair against the wall. Man, she gave him one warning, and that's all she said. She said, "You got one time," (laughs) and he tried it and got shot. (laughs) I love, I love it. She gives, she gives him multiple. She talks to him multiple times to try and get him to come over to the other side. First, you know, first conversation, you know, let me help you. No, second conversation. Stay the fuck away from me and my family. Last conversation, I tried to give you so many chances and you just would not take them. Why did you make me do this? 
<laughs> I just love it. If you really love think her. I'd kill myself and then shoots him right off the railing, like kind of like Jeremy and then kind of like her in the first movie, because we all forget Lori does take a tumble down the stairs in that first movie. And it's kind of kind of a mm-hmm. funny, funny scene. But yeah, she shoots him right <laughs> off of there. And then, I, yeah, I love it. I just when she walks down the stairs, loads that gun again, takes off his mask and he's just sitting there looking at her. She's I love the I wrote it down because I love it so much. Uh, I've tried to have compassion, find mercy. But what's the point? <laughs> and she shoots the gun and just like, what, what, what? If you're going to kill me, do it. I'm right here. And he's just like struggling because he just got shot and fell down the stairs. <laughs> Which, let's, let's be honest, the, the most terrifying thing that can happen is for someone to be threatening someone else's life and have the opportunity to kill them, or like, even if they're injured or immobile in some way, it's like, you know what? I don't need this weapon. Do it. If you want to try to do it, do it. There's consequences when you try, but go ahead and try. That is just always so terrifyingly badass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, same thing Sydney I'm does. Michael Myers. She survived him all these years, and here comes this little boy. Yeah, she's like, okay, like, yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yes. But um, he does turn the tables on her one last time. He does get, attack her psychologically by offing himself right as Allison pulls into the driveway. And I like the I like this scene because it mirrors the beginning. Because you know, like parents were coming for Jeremy. Here is mm-hmm. Allison coming in for him, and he kills himself. It just yeah. I honestly he's like laying in the spot, right? Yes. Or- Close to the same spot where the little boy was. Yeah, they're in the the foyer of the uh. This is Sheldon, you sent me that Snapchat. Mm-hmm. He's trying to figure out what is the call. <laughs> <laughs> it's called. A... I was like, dude, I didn't expect that kid to fall and die in the, in the lobby area. I forgot what's called. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he was at the lobby area. I'm like, lobby. It's a house, Sheldon. It's a house. It's a. <laughs> I forgot what the foyer was. <laughs> <laughs> but he is. Oh man, and then um. Yeah, Corey does end up dying. Although, my thing is that I think Corey should have survived this movie. Just because it is Halloween ends, but who doesn't love a one loose thread? And I think it would have been kind of a haunting a bit if Corey did get away last minute. And so they turn around after their battle with Michael and his body's just missing. Like, I feel like... Only, only thing is, that's predictable. What'd you say, Mom? I did not expect. Oh, yeah, sorry. Expectation is it that Corey actually did die from that, though? Well, yeah, we see his body later on, but <laughs> I think he's dead. But I know, but well, remember, yeah. Michael imparted something into him. But then Ooh. Michael died several times too. Yeah, but I mean, Michael does snap his neck. <laughs> well, to yeah. be fair, though, he did stab himself real deep in the throat uh-huh. and still came yeah. like woke back up when Michael went for that mask. True. true. Yeah. Yeah. True. All right. But on top of that, too. On top of that, too. Who expected him to stab himself in the throat? Because I did not. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. And when he did it, though. When he did it, though, I legit was like, oh, that dirty knife. Because you see it. It's like, oh, it's really rusted. You're going to get tetanus, dude. (laughs) It was blood all still. All right. So. Yeah. Last thing we're going to talk about here before we end is the final fight between Lori and Michael. We're going to roundtable this and then we're going to talk. Yeah, we'll just talk through the fight and the ending here. So, Mom, you can go on first. How'd you feel about this final kitchen fight between Michael and Lori and how uh, how it ended? 
it just looked very painful to me. And my back was hurting a little bit. My shoulder was hurting a little bit. My hip was hurting a little bit. I said, who child, you got to get this up. Like, <laughs> um, and then when Allison, yeah, like y'all got to stop this. Now, when Allison rolls in at the last minute, like, I'm not going to let this happen to you. I was like, okay, Allison, whatever. Get out of here. You have not been... <laughs> so now you're like I'm not gonna let what you didn't believe her a few minutes ago remember <laughs> this was your guy remember you know I was a little annoyed with her like no nah, get out of here she got it <laughs> dead oh man it was, a, it was a tough fight it was it was good but I was I was sore for her like oof mm, my thoughts were exactly the same I felt like Allison she could have just maybe watched from another room and I was definitely just <laughs> gritting my teeth the whole time because it was so gory and props to whoever was on makeup the prosthetics oh, you could oh. see when the cut happened the skin just opened I was like oh, oh it was yeah. very visceral props to mm. them Allison breaking an arm like girl get out of here <laughs> 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 we got it <laughs> I hope I hope <laughs> all right uh shelton my my whole um philosophy when it comes to you know allison yeah you was tripping up this whole movie but look just because it took you a while to get to the finish line i'm glad you finally got there you just should have got there sooner mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. but that whole fight the, the the one thing besides when like they finally when Lori pins him down completely love it loved it it was great it's like finally yes you were somebody's taking the precautions to make sure that this man is done and fucking dusted good the scene that stuck with me the or the part of that scene that stuck with me the most throughout that whole fight though is i've always had this like anxious fear about putting my fingers inside of a garbage disposal <laughs> and yes. so it was going towards that garbage disposal you know that Lori isn't going to be strong enough to pull away from Michael unless she hits him or distracts him in some way. Yeah. And her fingers got really close to that blender blade in there. <laughs> so yeah. that whole time I was just cringing and curling up tighter and tighter as she got closer to that. And thank goodness she pulled away because I would have just melted <laughs> into nothingness if that hand would have started getting chewed up. <laughs> yeah, callback. It was a callback to uh, Halloween H2O. You remember garbage disposal? Yeah. Yeah, the students. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot oh, the character's yeah. name. Um, but yeah, honestly, uh, I'll let you finish here. But like, when it comes to the garbage disposal, I just think, oh, Michael is taking this personally because she did shoot off his finger, so now he's trying to <laughs> take. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh yeah, I, I remember this time. <laughs> Mm. I don't think he cared about his fingers because that one scene when he she put his uh she had his hand on the thing he just snatched his hand by and grabbed her throat. Uh, I said, yeah. "Dang, yeah, got true." Like, he got her tight with them two fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "He sliced his hand again, but he still got her." <laughs> yeah, that's. He can still grab your neck. Yeah, she just had like this blood turtleneck the rest of the movie. I was like, "Can somebody get her a towel? Anything?" Blood turtleneck. That's. That's, yeah, that's, like they never so wipe the good. blood off. That's so gross. That sounds like a um, that sounds like a sci-fi movie. Yeah, <laughs> sci-fi channel <laughs> presents blood turtleneck. Beware of the blood turtleneck. <laughs> hey Walter, did you get like a little bit of Carrie final act too with just the whole 
Oh. His passion of the Christ stabbings with all the limbs and everything. Yes, I was, stabbing Michael. Yes, I wrote that down in my notes here. I put, oh, she just straight up crucifies him on her island. <laughs> just oh yeah, pins yeah. him down, which I like. I like she <laughs> just it's just the refrigerator was nice, a uh, uh, really good touch. It's just oh yeah, no, you're staying down. <laughs> there, I, as soon as she went to the refrigerator, I was like, yes. Slam that on him now. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie though. You know, refrigerators have a lot of drawers. I don't know what was in that refrigerator, but I just dreaded the person who had to clean all that up. And knowing that <laughs> knowing that Allison left the very next day and just oh, did Lori really have to clean that up by herself? Like, oh no. That got cleaned by anyone. The blood <laughs> from then... when Jeremy fell from three stories was still in that abandoned house. That's how you know they're rich. Their son died, and they just immediately move houses. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I also like the fight a lot. It is um, probably one of their best fights. I, yeah, I, I like it better than the. I mean, it is short, but I do like how brutal it is. I do like how final it is with her just pinning him to that island. You know, mm-hmm. it, it mirrors the 2018 movie a lot, and yeah, she slits his throat. I love the monologue. I do love the my favorite part, other than the him ripping his hand off of, out of the knife. My favorite part is Ooh. her taking the knife and then like showing him his own reflection and then taking off Yay. the mask. I was like, okay, that's good. And then you know she does her whole thing of you know you're just a man and a man who's got to stop breathing. And then boom, off. that was a badass line. Yep, Hawkins <laughs> runs in and he's like, Is that Michael Myers? And he's like, He's dead. And then Allison gets a really cool line, not dead enough. <laughs> and it's time for Haddonfield to start healing. I did like the per- the the procession. Did you guys like the procession of them driving around with Michael's body? Yeah, it was like a few. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. I, I liked how the entire town came. <laughs> Kids and all. Yes. The me. little boy, the little black boy from the. <laughs> yes. Julian, shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was noticing. I was wondering that too. I'm like, is he is he still wearing the same pajamas? But yeah, Julian. Um, f- four years later, he's all grown up, and yeah, we do get a shot of Sandra in her wheelchair, um, giving the the nod of approval. And yeah, mm-hmm. this ending. I don't. I don't know. Out of. I mean, the only other person, only other slasher villain that I think has had a even equally gruesome death is chucky and he always comes back but like they grind michael up in this movie like he is yeah. he ain't coming back he is gone like it, <laughs> like the only way he could come back is just as a pile of meat <laughs> or through, okay. through someone else because like she said at the end of her book evil never dies it only changes shape Ooh, so yeah. that's a, that was like a flag like okay change of shape and okay so is that what he has what's gonna happen next if you keep going that is true, that oh, is true. also um michael's moniker or I, I might be using the wrong word but his title is the shape yeah his title so that was very yeah. clever see and you could easily grab her book and it can still be imparted from her book just reading about him. You can Ooh. definitely still take on his persona just on her description and her story. Ooh, Shelton, could you imagine like a a, a in the mouth of madness type of style Halloween movie? <laughs> that would be so cool. I would hate it so much. <laughs> the whole thing is just like 
a fictional book that somebody wrote based on the events of Halloween and with like with like Laurie Strode and stuff. It's in the universe from someone in Haddonfield. They're writing the book and it's like kind of flashing between, you know, the book they wrote and then reality of, you know, something like that happening around the author. Yeah. That'd be interesting. It's a, it could be a way to go. Um, it would be hard to do because that's a lot of plot, but still. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have to really, it would be like a three hour long movie. Um, it, it would have to be like, you know, everything mainly takes place in real life, but the parallels between the books and the, um, in reality kind of merging together and like it being referenced is like, you know, you know, like, oh, this happened in the book, blah, blah, blah. And of course it, it probably wouldn't, it would be rather something that I found out very early on in, or like towards the end. It's like, oh, this is from the book. I know what's going to happen. Yeah. All right, so um, with that all being said, that is the end of our movie. Michael dies. Laurie and Hawkins finally uh, hint at the get-together. I do like the final shot of them on the porch as kids on bikes roll by, and we see mm-hmm. Michael's mask is sitting on her end table. It's a very, it's a very scream. <laughs> it reminded me a lot of Scream 3, how that ended with Sydney finally getting her quote-unquote happy ending, and so Laurie does get her happy ending here. Allison gets a happy ending. It's a... I think it's a great wrap up for this specific timeline and this specific trilogy. And I, I really like it. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's an end on Halloween ends. Uh, we all, we do mm-hmm. close on don't fear the Reaper. That song is in almost all, uh, that song is just the go-to song for a lot of horror movies. It, it's in the first Halloween movie where Lori and Annie are in the car, smoking a joint um, but it also, I know it, when I hear it, I think about Stephen King's The Stand. Um, I don't, I'm pretty sure you guys haven't seen it, but mom, maybe you remember it, maybe you've seen it, but, uh, it The Stand was adapted into like a, a, um, it was like a TV special, maybe like four parts. Uh, I know it had, I remember that. You remember The Stand? I do. I do. Yeah. With Molly Ringwald and, uh, yeah. uh, yeah, I love The Stand. I have We'll get to the book eventually. I like the book better. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a long book, but yeah, I love the the concept of the stand, and I think it's one of Stephen King's best like stories because it is basically a it's basically a chess game for good and evil, and I I think it's a appropriate. But yeah, that's that's what I think about when I hear "Don't Fear the Reaper," but they use it here at the end. And yeah, like I said, we have the we have the end of Halloween ends, which brings us to the end of this podcast. It's been a long one. But yes, uh, I gotta ask: Do you recommend Halloween Ends? Let's start with you, Mom. I do, I do, I do recommend it. Yes. All righty, uh, Roderick. Do you recommend? In relation to the trilogy, yes. Ooh, does that mean compared to everything else? Hmm. I would have to say the opposite. Oh. Mm. All right, Shelton, you were pretty you were pretty tough on Halloween kills, but do you recommend Halloween ends? I do recommend it. Although if you are a like classic Halloween fan, a slasher fan, it might not bring what you want. But for anyone else, I loved it. I think you would too. <laughs> All right. And as for me, I when I first watched the movie, I really enjoyed it. It was definitely like a recommend for me 
And then I had to go back and rewatch 18 for the podcast. And then I rewatched Kills for the podcast. And after thinking about it and rewatching this movie for this podcast, I have to say, yeah, it's still a it's still a pretty good recommend for me. I I am a Halloween fan. I am a pure slasher fan. But I um, above all else, I am a fan of horror filmmaking and I creative decisions and bold decisions i love when they take franchises and just swing for the fences now that does that ends up being very controversial uh hill to stand on sometimes you know we've listened to halloween kills that podcast we took a side tangent into star wars like we normally do but i knew you were gonna bring it up <laughs> yeah i i love i love out there movies you know for a lo- for the longest time it was really hard for me to get shelton and emory and a lot of our friends on the uh to understand at the least hereditary like i love when movies take that big swing a lot of the marvel movies i like the, a lot of the weirder ones and i get angry at the more uh, trite ones but i i love when movies are different so the fact that this movie had the 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 balls to just be like yeah it's the end of a trilogy it's the end of our story but we're gonna focus mainly on a character who i mean let's face it Corey is less of a character and more of a of a symbol i adore symbolism so this movie just works for me i would you know a week or so ago i said that halloween kills is my favorite out of this trilogy even after seeing halloween ends but i think i'm flipping on that i think halloween ends is my favorite of this trilogy of this timeline of movies and i do think halloween ends is my one of my new favorite halloween movies because i just love how different it is yet it still finds a way to bring in and wrap up uh the you know the legacy characters and the story now i will agree i do think that some of the stuff is not done very well i mean the scripts for all three of these movies in my opinion aren't the strongest they aren't very solid there's a lot of wiggle room especially in halloween kills but i i can't lie i mean this is all about entertainment right i'm entertained and i think halloween ends while halloween kills has the most theme going on or way too many themes going on in that movie i think this one has the best execution out of all of them and uh halloween 2018 i like the movie like i said it's recommendable it's just not when i reach for you know i watch others i would watch halloween ends and halloween kills before i go back to halloween 2018 and uh that's just how i feel about it yeah i i don't haven't soured on halloween 2018 it's just not the halloween movie i want to go and watch whenever i feel like watching a halloween movie like there's five Mm -hmm. movies i would put in front of it but other than that it it is the biggest like just one in the the one with the biggest kind of vibe of being one and done yeah yeah but yeah, this one I absolutely love. I love the fact that it's like, oh, you guys wanted a Halloween movie? Psych, it's a Stephen King movie. Bum, 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 bum. I love Stephen King. <laughs> yeah, if you love Stephen King, it's all all of it's here. <laughs> all right, guys. So thank you again for joining me on this podcast. Thank you, Roderick, for doing this again, just committing to another long series. Shelton, welcome back. Can't wait to do more episodes with you now that you're back here. Um, Mom, thank you for joining us. Second episode down. It's been lovely having you. Yeah, thanks, guys, for having me. Oh, it was an honor and a blast. Every time was great. 
Yes, we have some of the. I believe these episodes have some of the best conversations we've had on this podcast. They're so. <laughs> I, I I love it. Nice. Yes. Um. People out there, thank you for listening once again. Happy Halloween. Um. With that being said, I do want to update you guys on what's coming up for us in November. November is kind of a is it's a fun month for me usually because we get into some more serious movies, and with serious movies comes more jokes. So it balances itself out. Um, we get into some of the weirder stuff, you know, <laughs> Shelton. There, you know, I usually have for November. I usually have like a series of weird movies, and then there's always one movie that's so out there. And I just my goal is to upset people. But Sheldon has this experience with Blood Rage, a Thanksgiving oh, classic. Oh, it drives me mad. <laughs> if you haven't seen that movie, go check it out and then listen to our podcast. It's not cranberry sauce. It's not cranberry sauce. Cranberry sauce. Oh, my God. Look <laughs> it up. Look it up immediately. It's amazing. Uh, me and mm-hmm. Zarya covered Children of the Corn, <laughs> which we kind of went into that movie being like, oh, yeah, we love Children of the Corn. And then at the end of that podcast, we were like, I think I think we don't like Children of the Corn. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a funny conversation with me and Zarya. So, yeah, this Thanksgiving, uh, this November, we're starting off with a movie that Roderick recommended a while ago. And so we're finally doing it. The Uninvited. Uh, Yay! Mm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. When he first told me about this movie, I thought it was a completely different movie. I thought you meant the Unborn. Oh no! <laughs> so when I watched the trailer for this movie, I was like, "Oh wait a minute! I don't think I've ever seen this." <laughs> but I oh, can't so wait. Yeah, I can have one with the two sisters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I did watch a, a summary of it, but I know it's the two sisters, and it's what Elizabeth uh, uh, Banks from uh, Pitch Perfect and all those uh, yeah. Hunger Char- Games, yeah. Hunger Games, Charlie's yeah, Angels. That mom thing. <laughs> yeah, so we're doing that one. After that, I'm getting tr- gonna try. It's probably gonna be our next mega sode, but I'm gonna try and get as many people as I can because we're finally doing The Shining, the original Stanley Ooh, Kubrick. Oh, and oh, yeah, I gotta hear that oh. one. Stephen King yeah, classic. Yeah, we're gonna be there as well. Because, uh, believe it or not, a lot of people on this podcast have never seen The Shining. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was before all of you were born. <laughs> <laughs> it's true yes, our first Stanley Kubrick uh, film, and I can't wait to do my... I was my... afraid of twins for a long time. <laughs> oh, yes. Twins and hallways. That is that. <laughs> that carpet. <laughs> carpet. Uh, then after that... After that, we are head, we are heading back into the '90s with Final Destination. Oh yeah. God, no! Oh God, hey. no! No! Yes. No. <laughs> yes, we're covering the first Final Destination movie, uh, brought to us, uh, recommended by Zaria. So you have her to thank, Shelton. Crazy, why? <laughs> nice. That was all the Final Destinations define my high school years. Oh wow! <laughs> so and, what Scream is was well. No, because Scream was that for us, not you guys. Yeah, Scream was 96. <laughs> Final Destination, yeah, oh. first movie was 99? Like 2000 or, two, or something. Oh, 2000? Wow. I think so. Yeah. The Final Destination was a very important part of my teen years. <laughs> <laughs> and that was all of our first uh, awareness of danger and awakening. Ooh. That's when we started paying oh. attention, driving like, well, you know, you saw that movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh Be behind the trucks with logs. Yeah, like it made you think for the first time, like, oh, wait a minute. Oh man, 
Yeah, that's the reason I don't like mm. roller coasters, honestly. <laughs> Never been a fan of roller coasters. Yeah. Final destination mm. for me and definitely the roller coaster one is a is a like primary source of childhood fear trauma. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I don't trucks so with logs and stuff that look like it will fly off. I do not ride behind them to this day. Oh man, I uh, last Ooh. last thing before we move on, but like I recently did go to a dentist's office, and if you remember Final Destination Two, there is that scene. Oh yes, I was thinking about um, that the entire time my mouth was open. I was like, <laughs> oh no. But um, I got yeah. my exam the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man and then um after that there's another requested movie from shelton's older brother javon he requested this two years ago but i've been putting it off because i we had other stuff to do but we're doing the number 23 um i don't know too much about this movie other than that it's uh i believe it's jim carrey and something to do about him being a writer and him seeing the number 23 everywhere but, um, oh, I remember, I do remember that. that. That's good. That was a complicated one. I remember oh, that. I haven't too. seen it. I have never seen it. But yeah, Javon recommended we do this. So we're bringing it to um, this. Well, you have to really pay attention to that one. Mm. It exercises the brain for real. Oh, wow. It does. Yeah. Ooh, it's like a, like a butterfly effect sort of thing. Ooh. <laughs> <Psychological>. <laughs> An understanding you're going to need. All right. Well, you hear that, folks? We got a lot coming up. We're gonna. We need all of our big brain energy on going into November here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so last... you're just not gonna do Hubie Halloween. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day. Maybe one day. Um. Maybe. I actually really did enjoy Hubie Halloween. I loved the, loved the reveal of who the killer was. Like that was my favorite. <laughs> Rest in peace, Cameron Boyce. By the way. Um, <laughs> right. But um, last thing I'll say before I end here, um, we are starting. I mentioned this when we, uh, I mentioned this when we did Halloween Kills. But just to reiterate here and for all future episodes, um, starting soon, the Murderboard Podcast will be doing monthly subscription episodes. So that means mm-hmm. uh, you can now subscribe to the podcast for just four ninety nine a month, and each month you will get an exclusive bonus episode. And uh, that uh, it's kind of our way of giving a little extra to you guys. And also, if you want to support us to do more and buy more equipment and maybe do some episodes where we're all actually in a room together, <laughs> uh, it'll help <laughs> us a lot. So do that. And, you know, just for four ninety nine a month, you'll get episodes, uh, some past bonus episodes that we've done in the past. Wow, that was again redundant. You'll get some episodes we've done in the past, like American Horror Story seasons one through nine, as our Stephen King episode, and then Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and then the upcoming episodes we have that will be kicking it off will be the Daredevil series, uh, Final Destination that I mentioned a, m- a couple minutes ago will be a part of that. Uh, so that will be one of the first subscription episodes, and then going into next year, we have an episode all about anime coming up, and then a lot more. Oh yes what yeah we have i am planning a full-on episode just on all of our favorite and maybe not so favorite animes and uh oh got a master content, over y'all. here yes <laughs> they want to holler your sister for that one too oh yeah oh, that, yes yes uh, another man. family co-host yep actually i think i might I, i'll ask eden i think i might try and get eden and christian on there yeah yeah, you know, that's her life. 
But yeah, she's uh, starting to look like one. Oh, <laughs> stop! Yeah, Love I'm it. like your eyes. I think your eyes are really moving and circling in and out. Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> Oh, she looks like one now. <laughs> yes, uh, we stand honestly, <laughs> but yeah. So that's what's coming up uh, fairly shortly with the podcast. Like I said, I think the first episode that will be released for a subscription will be the Daredevil episode, following uh, Final Destination, and then you'll get some of those older episodes circling in, and then going into next year, we'll have a lot more episodes coming up. For subscription, but yeah, just four ninety nine a month, people. That's literally the price of like a cup of coffee. Save, save, save your cup of coffee for and for a podcast. Do a trade in, you know. Help us out. <laughs> give us love. We give you. All right. Um, so if you want more information and you want the link to that, uh, subscribe down below in the show notes or wherever the show notes are in your podcast. Whether you're listening on Apple or Spotify, either way. Thank you again for listening and um, happy Halloween. We're out of here. Happy Halloween. Honestly, I just I want to take like every theme song that exists and just have Gladys Knight do a rendition of it. <laughs> Please don't. Why? Because <laughs> she takes so long to sing a song and it makes me laugh. <laughs> oh. All of her songs be like twelve minutes long. <laughs> you, you know what? Whenever you get like really good with editing, I want you to just like take clips from Gladys Knight's songs and just clip them together to make the Halloween thing. You can make it however you want with all the way she even fucking Man, I'm telling you. Them. The first, like, half a minute would just be her going, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love Gladys Knight, though. Oh, snap. It takes a long time for her songs to get started. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Uh, yeah that's all the music word. in the beginning. <laughs> Like, Same. dang, we don't need five minutes of instrumental before you start singing. I came yeah. to this for you. Yeah, that's how her stuff is. So like, Miss Knight, how many trumpets did you need? I needed 13. <laughs> all, of <them. laughs> all of them. We only have three. Make it work. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Look, let's not compare Roger to Gladys Knight. I'm sure he can do it way better. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! All right, I'm sorry, Gladys, but girl, you <laughs> she ain't ever. Gonna she is gonna have this podcast blocked. <laughs> Her and the pips are coming for us.